Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... God changes your life, people notice. Not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to love it. But they certainly will notice. And you watch, Christian. When, when it comes time for crisis mode, often these will be the people who come running to you and they will say, can you tell me more about your God? The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Today, Pastor Jim teaches that choosing the best leads to living the best, which leads to looking for the best in others. He says this progression is an expression of love, a wise love, grounded in the Word of God. It's not perfectionism, but excellence. Friends, you don't want to settle for a second-rate Christian existence when you can enter into all the Lord has for you. Hear God's call to a new life, a heavenly life where the values of your Savior are known and lived out. Don't undermine what you are called to do. Be the real deal now. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 10 as we join Pastor Jim for part 3 of his message entitled, Joyful Prayer. We'll have more information about the church and how you can get a copy of today's message. But for now, here's Pastor Jim. The Word of God moves with the world, right? Well, really the world is just tagging along with the Word of God. You don't need to go, oh, that's not in the Bible. You search. And it is amazing how much stuff is in there. Often I hear from you guys all the time, like, I couldn't tell whether you were talking about 2,000 years ago in Philippi or today. And I go, yes, because the word of God moves interchangeably, goes back and forth very, very easily. Now we have to understand how the Philippians would have perceived and understood what's being written here, but we can bring it into our day and age. Because discernment takes the Bible from the mind and the heart to our character, to our integrity, to our right actions. And the result is we will start to grow in love. Well, that's number one. I have to hurry on number two and three. Number two is growth in choices. Growth in choices. How many of you feel overwhelmed by all the choices you have? All right, here we go. We ready? Lord's going to help us with this one. That you may approve, verse 10, or discern, the idea is put to test. To put the test in, the, they would be using it in terms of coins. We would think of it maybe in our time of, uh, of money. You know when you, you take a 50 or or $100 bill, you go to a store, you hand it to somebody, and they hold it up to the light, and then they put this magic marker across it. What are they doing? They're putting it to the test. They're wanting to see if it's legitimate. And the apostle's saying here that God wants us to approve or discern or put to the test the things that are excellent. Excellent. We might say the things, some of your versions say the things that are the best or superior. Now, why would God want us to love, okay, with knowledge and discernment and apply it to our choices? Well, he tells us right here that you may be sincere and without offense. So the outcome of doing this is that we be sincere. Some of your versions say pure. That's the inner life, what goes on in your head. Any of you have any crazy stuff going on in your head ever? 
right? But as you walk with God, as God walks with you, as God teaches you, you become less of a bobblehead. And I always feel like those bobbleheads, you know? You feel less of a bobblehead, more focused. I always tell people all the time that, that when I became a Christian in 1988, God, by his grace, saved my soul. I had already owned my own company for four years. And then it was after that, we went on a string of getting awards from people. Now, a lot of it was because I stopped partying, but that's another story for another day. But another thing was, I would always tell people this, God made me focused. I became much more focused on not so much the external things, but on doing the things that was the best service to my customers. Well, here the apostle saying for the church that you guys would focus, that we would focus on the things that are excellent, that we would become sincere, pure inner life, okay, and without offense, the idea is that we would become blameless, that the way we would go on in our head would then take place in our life, and then we would begin to live out what we already are as Christians. And he says here, until the day of Jesus Christ. Bank that in the back of your head until the end of time or until we meet Jesus or for the Philippians church, until your church is over. So here, writing to a church comprised of individuals, the apostle says this, choose what's excellent. All the things competing for your time, all the things competing for your money, Choose what's excellent. Choose what's best. As a church, we get billions of ideas, billions of ideas, great ideas, but with limited time, limited resources, limited people, what are we to choose? We are to choose what is the best. And as we choose what's the best, the church will grow in love and knowledge and discernment. Never do you see in the Bible that they are fishing for numerical growth. You don't see that in the New Testament. The apostles are shooting for the growth in godliness of the people who go to the church. Because when real preachers preach godliness, Jesus preached godliness and what did they do? They killed him. The apostle Paul preached godliness and what did they do? They arrested him. And so this may sound really weird, but if some of you leave mad, I'm okay with that, right? Sometimes I'm like, I might be doing what I'm, my job is because when Jesus spoke, the apostles spoke, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. They weren't offensive, but the message is offensive to human pride. Now for individual Christians, this is not just choosing good versus evil. We have that. Most of us are getting pretty good at that. You know, you're a Christian for a few years, you're like, yeah, don't do that. It's okay if I do this, don't do that. But this is really, he's saying to them, choose the best over the trivial. Choose the best over the good. And dare I say, choose the best over second best. Let me give you a prime example of what's going on in the church in America today. I am on all these goofy pastor mailing lists and pastor email lists and I just don't understand it sometimes. The other day when I was talking to this person I was talking to, they said to me, you know, you don't look like a pastor. And I said, well, thank you so much. I'm really, I'm really very thankful for that. And one of the big things with pastors today is it's all about growing the size of the church, and they have all these techniques that are proven techniques that you can buy the sermons from them, and they come with all the videos, all the PowerPoints, 
guaranteed to draw people into your church, particularly in the warm weather when less people come to church. So the two big hot sellers this, this summer are um, God in the Movies, God in the Movies. The other one is Pop God. That's a big one that they sell for the summertime, get people to come in. So let's open to the lyrics of Lady Gaga now. Now, is going to church good? Yeah, I guess it is. But for the people of God, is seeking the influences or the gospel of secularism, is that the best? I don't think it is. I think that's why God gave us a book that we can study over about a 10 or 15, 20 year period, and then he says, go back to the beginning, because guess what, none of you got it. The New Testament, you say, why are you being so harsh on these people? I, I'm not judging their Christianity. I'm judging whether what they're doing or not is the best. The New Testament is filled with warnings to stay away from this kind of stuff. The New Testament calls this false teaching, not me. And just like the cares of the world and not warning people about it, I think it is most unloving not to talk about it. And do we realize that as a church, we are called to guard each other's souls? Do we understand that? Not police each other but to guard each other's souls, to protect each other's souls. Many of you are new to the faith, and you have to ask yourself this question, who is guarding your soul? Are the people that you are taking input in for your faith, are they a novice or are they mature? Are they a servant or are they someone who wants to be served? Are they even godly? Do you even know? Now some of you say, well, I'm a mature Christian. Okay, well, whose soul are you guarding? Who have you made time for to pour into? Have you been trained even? Or do you think you just know it all on your own? You know, the false teachers, they thrive when this stuff is neglected. They absolutely thrive because they want people to be an inch deep in teaching. So they can get on TV and they can tell you if you do ABC, your life will be perfect. Guess what? That's a lie. That's a lie. You've said before, it only takes one phone call to change everything, right? That's all it takes. One phone call, one email, one bad decision by someone. All of those things can change. Choosing the best leads to living the best. Not perfectionism, but excellence, which leads to looking for the best in others, which leads to living the best, all an expression of of love, a wise love grounded in the word of God. Now this may sound really odd to you, but please don't settle for any kind of just show up mediocrity, some second rate Christian existence. Enter into all the Lord has for you. Choose love. Hear God's call to a new life, a higher life, a heavenly life, where the values of heaven are known and lived out. You see, he says here to do all of this, to live this way till the day of Christ. The Bible readers see much of the Christian life as preparing to meet Jesus, to be the real deal now, inside and out, not a phony. But how foolish choices often undermine that, right? Foolish choices, selfish choices, living a life in reaction to everything that happens, all are a form of unbelief that leaves us unprepared for the king's arrival. And so he calls us, with God's help, to be sincere, to be pure, to be without offense, to be blameless. 
to seek the love of God as we expect to meet Jesus, to serve as the Holy Spirit motivates us, to seek the best, to seek excellence, to grow in our choices is to grow in our discipleship. Number three, after growing in love and growing in choices, he wants the church to grow in fruit, to grow in fruit. He prays for growth in fruit. Look at verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, and the idea is picture a lush tree. It doesn't have to be big. It just has a lot of fruit on it, and it's good fruit. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by or comes through Jesus Christ. That's a very important statement. To the glory and praise of God. So the apostle closes his prayer that the Philippian church would overflow with the things of God. So they would actually look like Jesus. So the people would start to look like Jesus. Not weird, not hyper-religious, not Pharisees running around telling everybody how to live their life all the time, but loving people, caring for people. When people would tell them something that they were messed up, Jesus would say, you know what? You need to stop doing that, but I'm going to help you by the power of the Spirit. But it's so important to see that the things of God are from God. See, he says right here, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, which comes through Jesus Christ. They come from God. You don't have to manufacture them yourselves. You and I have to yield ourselves to the process. And he says, to the glory and praise of God. You and I cannot produce the things of God by human effort. We can't. So we give ourselves to the word of God, to prayer, to obedience, to love, to the things in which God makes those things real in our life. So he's praying for them what? Sanctification. He's praying for them their growth in godliness. He's praying for their becoming more like Jesus Christ. He's praying that they never arrive until they arrive. Do you know what that means? That you never arrive in your growth and godliness until you arrive in the presence of God. We've said this before that the Bible writers uh, often, they, know, they don't talk about quick change. They talk about the gospel as being a patient progression of daily following Jesus. And it's Jesus who transforms us. And the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of righteousness in our lives. And it bears fruit in our lives. And as it does, it bears fruit in the lives of others. When God changes your life, people notice. Not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to love it. But they certainly will notice. And you watch, Christian. When, when it comes time for crisis mode, often these will be the people who come running to you and they will say, can you tell me more about your God? The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the attitudes of Jesus Christ. These are not things that come easy to us. They certainly don't come easy to me, and we need God's help. So why would people today, why are people in our church over in the next town there telling people about God? I mean, there's going to be people who might not want to hear it. There might be people who might want to yell at them and be nasty with them, largely through misunderstandings. Remember, a lot of the people, they, they invited Jesus over. Now the religious people, they might want to string you up, but that's okay. But the people who are far from God, we have good news for such people. Well, Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, 
okay, how people can live, and he who wins souls is wise. People who actually want to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, are wise. But that requires a step of faith. And it might not seem safe. It might seem dangerous. People might make fun of you. They might think that you're some weird religious person. But it's been well said, if you lead a safe life, it's highly unlikely you will lead a significant life. Because to lead a life that makes a difference in this world, you're going to have to take a step of faith. You're going to have to do stuff that other people are just simply not doing. Because that's the only way to be different. We live in a world that is starved for love. I cannot believe how many young men I meet that have grown up in a fatherless world. It breaks my heart. No wonder they don't know what a man is. No wonder they don't know. And who's going to show them unless godly men get their faces in their Bibles, figure out what in the world God wants a man to be and to tell them and to show them. Again, the Philippian church is not a problem church, but the Apostle Paul knows that God has so much more for them. And I believe that with all of my heart about our church. I don't think we're a problem church. I know that there's love in our church. People tell me it all the time. But I think that we could abound in such love that all of our dysfunctional friends, coworkers, and neighbors could come here and find the love of Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul prays for godliness in God's people. He prays for good works in God's people. He prays for a church that bears good fruit and gives glory to God. Quite simply, the Apostle Paul is praying and we should follow his example for the growth of the gospel in everyone who goes in the Philippian church. Would you please pray for that this week? If you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I have some really good news for you. You already have the love of God in your soul. You already have a new nature. It just needs to grow. It just needs to grow. Religion, yuck. Religion is about becoming what you are not, right? That's what always all the time is. People say, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do that. The gospel is about becoming what you already are. If you're a child of God, it is about becoming more godly, more like your heavenly father. True Christianity is walking in a daily relationship with God. True Christianity is the spiritual and practical expression of what already is. It's love that needs to grow. Love for God, love for people. In the Philippian church, it was, it was Lydia, who was the rich woman down, we studied her in week one down by the river down in Acts 15. And she was down there, she was a rich person. The apostle Paul preached the gospel and it says that the Lord opened up her hearts to the things that the apostles said. So what did she say? You know what? I have a house. Why don't we start a church in my house? She had what? The gift of hospitality. God used her ability to get the house clean and to invite people over to hear the good news, feed them. People always come when there's food, right? And that's probably what happened at Lydia's house. And then there was the Philippian jailer. They beat the apostle Paul and Silas. And what happened? The Philippian jailer came to believe and he took them home to his house. And what did he do? He helped bind up their wounds. He helped fix them. 
And there are some of you that God wants to use in great ways to help fix the wounds of people. People whose hearts are so damaged. People whose lives are so damaged. And God wants to use you in that way. It's already there. It just needs to grow. And remember the third person, the demon-possessed chick? But she probably had all the best friends. It was probably all her friends that populated the church. She was probably telling all the strange people, the people that nobody else wanted to deal with, come, you're heavy laden. He'll give you rest. You come. You think you're too bad for Christianity. You're not. He took on all your sins on the cross. You who once were raised in the things of faith and you walked far from God, please, he is waiting at the edge of the kingdom for you to come back and he will run to you. That is the good news. That is the kind of church that God blesses. Not some plastic, phony, religious club. Why would God want to bless that? Because it's anti-God. It's anti-Christ. But a church where God is on the move in the lives of his people, giving them more love for all of them, The seed of the word of God grew in the soil of repentance, in the love of Christ, in obedience to God. And where did it all bring them all to? The foot of the cross, where they saw the Lord Jesus dying for them. When you come to the foot of the cross, you will not think you are better than anybody else. When you come to the foot of the cross, you will not think, and you see your own sin, and as it makes you love him more, you will not think anybody is too far from God. You will know everybody is just as close as you were or as you are at this moment. If today you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, please understand this, and I'm thankful for you to be here today, but virtually everything we have talked about is for church people, Christians, saints, separated, followers of Jesus Christ, not people in a country club, but true followers of God. If you're not a follower of Christ, the cross, Jesus being crucified on the cross, is God's gift of his son to you. It is God's marvelous provision for your sins. Your sins, which you have committed against God, ignoring him is a sin. The Bible calls it wickedness. God himself paid on the cross for your sins against him and offers to you today the forgiveness of sin, offers you eternal life. Just like the Apostle Paul, Jesus Christ was falsely accused and arrested. Just like the Apostle Paul was when he founded the church in Philippi, Jesus was beaten for nothing other than telling people about God's love. Just like the Apostle, the church the people who would be the true followers of Jesus was always on Jesus' mind. Jesus Christ loved you. He wanted the best for you. And maybe you didn't even know it until today. That's okay. Hear his call to come. Hear his call that you can have all he has for you today. You can have the fruit of the Christian life. You can have the joy of Jesus living in your soul. You can be forgiven of all of your sins and you can be free. That simply begins by coming to the foot of the cross and admitting that you are far from God, turning to him and saying, God, I need you, and looking up at the crucified Savior and putting your trust in him. To stop trusting in yourself, and it is the entry into a new life, a grace-filled life in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is my prayer for you today that you would take that first step to new life and that your life would bear the fruit of righteousness, that God would begin 
an amazing work in you. And what is your guarantee? You say, how will I know it will happen? Your guarantee is my guarantee. It is the empty tomb. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that would even make you want to live for God. It is the certainty of the second coming. And that is all cause for joyful prayer. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love Radio, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. We are excited that you joined us today, and we hope and pray that you will join us again next time as we continue to learn more about Jesus verse by verse in the book of Philippians. If you would like a copy of today's message on CD, simply contact us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills at 973-659-3380. Keep in mind that we need today's date to ensure you get the copy of the correct teaching. You can also write us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or send an email to info at changedbyloveradio.com. Don't worry if you haven't been able to write that information down. Simply log on to www.changedbyloveradio.com. There you'll find all the information to listen to this message again or receive your own copy. You can also give securely to help Changed by Love Radio share the good news of Jesus Christ. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through the book of Philippians. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time here on Changed by Love.